I am a drastically different person since I started trying mushrooms. Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to point out one of my sponsors, Mike Me Audio, who actually created that incredible intro that you just heard. Now, Mike Me is actually responsible for creating Gary Vaynerchuk's intro, as well as uh, Brittany Crystal's on her Beyond Influential podcast. And what I love about it is it simply gives your podcast that high-end, high-production feel that really grabs your listeners' attention. Now, the good news is if you want an intro for yourself, you can actually go to micme.com, that's M-I-C-M-E.com, and use the promo code MIC at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your first intro. And they make the process really easy. All you got to do is set in your script, uh, choose your music, choose your uh, voiceover actor, and they'll create it for you within 72 hours. Again, check out micme.com and use promo code MIC, M-I-Q-K, and you know the Q comes before the K and you'll get 10% off at checkout. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the show. What's up, socialites, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I'm super pumped on this episode, but this one in particular, because I actually have Ron Marklevitz back. And he, if you don't know him from the last time he was on the show, he's actually a partner at, at Cruisers in Huntington Beach who serves amazing pizza. This is not a plug. I'm just, you'll see where I'm going with this. He's also the co-founder of Pizza Lids, which makes amazing hats that have pizza as the main theme. And today... We're going to be eating pizza. Is this from your restaurant or is this? This is from the restaurant. Okay. I do have a couple disclaimers. Um, I like, I made one modification because it's the way I like it, not the way we generally do it. Okay. Uh, So the the jalapenos are all chopped up. We use raw ones, so they tend to really be spicy if they're spicy. So I like them chopped up (laughs) so they're spread out a little bit rather than like, yo, here's a quarter size jalapeno. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Um, The other thing is uh, we had a newer guy in the kitchen who actually put it together. And uh, we generally, this is like a small detail to you, but to us, it's we would toss the chicken in barbecue okay. and then put that on there. He forgot to do that, so he just added some barbecue sauce at the end. So it's not quite exactly how you'd get it at the restaurant, but it's going to be delicious. Well, so here's the thing is the, the prerequisite was that you bring your favorite pizza. It didn't have to be wherever. So I'm like super pumped that you decided to um, – you decided to modify the pizza how you would order it if you were there. 100%. So, okay. Oh, uh, half of this is also margarita with sausage. So this is margarita with sausage. Yep. And okay. then uh, barbecue chicken add jalapenos. Okay. I would like to clarify something with you first. Do you feel that like a barbecue pizza with barbecue instead of marinara is still a pizza? Um, I don't like that. So to me, that's just not good food. Okay. Now, we... So our, I'll tell you that the restaurant standard issue is that the ingredient gets tossed in buffalo or barbecue or whatever, and then the rest of the, the pizza is still uh, like marinara pizza sauce. So, so it's still a pizza then. I'll accept that as truth. If like if I were to take out marinara and put in barbecue, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say bread. yes. Really? I'm gonna say yes, but I'm gonna tell you why. Because if I made that pizza with white sauce instead of marinara, I would say it was still pizza. Okay. I just wouldn't make it that way. I just would, like, I would toss the ingredients in barbecue and have pizza sauce underneath. That's interesting that you say that. So there's this place, I believe it's called Artichoke Pizza in New York City, which is right down the street from the Comedy Cellar. 
Um, we should dig into this, right? Oh, I'm um, gonna. <laughs> into the comedy cellar. And they have a white sauce pizza, which is actually one of like the, my favorite pizzas that I've ever tried in my life. I'm, I love pizza. So I'm excited that we're sharing this. And, I, and um, I'm excited to continue to the tradition, a new found tradition of eating on this podcast. I like it. Anytime <laughs> you want to have me back to eat, I'm more than happy to help. Um, uh, this this kind of like, whatever. This is fine. All right. So I'm trying right now the margarita pizza with margarita the sausage, with sausage on top. Yep. So the margarita, does that have um, marinara in a margarita yeah. pizza? Okay. Yeah. Ma margarita basically means uh, tomato, basil, garlic as the ingredients. Okay. So that's delicious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't wait till I like actually get paid to do this podcast. <laughs> and then it's like, cool. This is the crazy stuff that like <laughs> that I get to do. <laughs> Trust me. Every time we're doing menu revisions and I'm like, someone's currently paying me to pick apart how like the different ways I want to have my nachos. Sounds great. Yeah. So last time last time we were talking, um, and to the listener too, to give a little context, you have an incredible story. And I don't really want to get back into that on this show. I really want to catch up with you and figure out, like, for one, we haven't caught up in a minute. But um, to the listener, an incredible story. You went from, you know, you went from, on a, like, regular life as a server to um, spending some time in jail for dealing cocaine and drugs to coming out of that being, like, homeless and training in, like, fighting and then owning a restaurant starting or co-founder of uh, pizza lids. You're just in like Costa Rica. You're doing some great things in the community. Like you're one of the most, you're actually a very interesting person to me. And so I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions, but we can start with how Costa Rica was. Costa Rica was awesome. Um, I love Costa Rica. Um, I like the pace of life there. Um, I was a little disappointed. We went to Tamarindo this time, which we hadn't before. Um, is this in Costa Rica? Yeah. Tamarindo, uh, in Costa Rica. And then, um, Last time we had gone to Hako mm. and then a bunch of surrounding areas. Uh, I really like the surrounding areas last time um, because they're like smaller towns. It's like you're, it's, you're, you're in a community. You're eating what people you know eat there and it's just a different experience. And I kind of was like, mm, Hako's too developed. I wouldn't want to be there. So this time we went, but uh, Hako was like in the middle of our trip last time. Um, this time uh, we went and Tamarindo was the first place we went and I literally was like, and was I wrong? Do I not love this place? Because I just didn't feel the same about it. And then I realized as soon as we left Tamarindo and got into like smaller towns, I was like, oh, no, this this is what I like. Um, places like Tamarindo and Hawker are just really, I mean, it's not quite Huntington Beach, but it's about the same, you know? Right. Got a little beach community, a bunch of surf rental shops, you know, uh, there's restaurants that cater to tourists, you know? So obviously I'm fine with that. But yeah. um, not certainly not what I was traveling all the way there to, to – experience. And, what were you doing down there? Uh, we went to look at land. Uh, that was the, the primary plan was um, we want a place to retire. And then because of the way we're all wired, as we were discussing that, it was like, well, we could make some money out of this. In the meanwhile, we could uh, make like a, we went through Airbnb ideas. We went through uh, hostel ideas. Uh, we went through hosting retreats ideas. And uh, I'm saying all this like it's past tense that we learned a lot of things about Costa Rica. Um, right now, if in that Northern part of the country where Tamarindo is, if you want to buy, um, if you buy land, it is, they estimate two years though. There's people that have already been waiting three. So they estimate two more. The estimate was two when those people bought their land. So, um, before you can have water on your land, 
so we're not in a huge rush. So that's not a obviously not a good thing, but it's somewhat of a deterrent. But the bigger problem is that Costa Rica has a ridiculous um, uh, squatter's rights. Squatter's rights? So Interesting. If, you, if we were to purchase land now and say, well, that's fine, we're going to build on it in two years. If at any point someone could establish a physical structure, a little hut, uh, and maintain it for 30 days before we could clear them off, their, off of our land, that's their land now. Oh. So, wow. So essentially one of us would need to be in country – uh, or at least we would need to have someone in country that we really trusted. So it just changed the timeline. And while we were there, we kind of realized the we like the traveling. I mean, Costa Rica is our favorite place for for all of, uh, all of us so far. Have you been before that? Yeah. Mm. And so, um, but I I don't necessarily. I'm I'm a lot less sold on the idea of buying retirement property, and a lot more sold on the idea of just traveling more. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, give me one. Nope. I don't have it. I was like, you know what? We're going to find some, that's one thing I didn't think about was paper towels, but we have some, I've been wanting to go to Costa Rica. I was supposed to go, uh, supposed to go earlier this year, but we had some projects come up with, uh, with work and, um, I just, I had to cancel the trip, but I, I knew it would have been a lot of fun, but I'll get there eventually. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> My my one two cents unsolicited, obviously, um, on travel is just buy the ticket. It'll work it out. No, I know you're you're absolutely right on that. With this, it would have been completely uh, it would have been completely irresponsible if I had went at that time, though. This I know <clears throat> the perks of running a business, right? Right. How did that work out for you? Like, because I mean, you had the the whole leadership team. Uh, so we one we planned it. Uh, the Bears have the bye week. Um, and uh, why does that matter? Because <laughs> we're we're a Chicago bar. So oh, that's right. So uh, I keep thinking it was a Vikings bar. So we have a, we have a large Vikings fan group that mm. I've built up. But uh, <laughs> I literally did. I was like, I'm t- I'm not going to be surrounded by Bears fans all the time. So literally, I'd be like, Hey, hey, yeah, you should watch again. I like at first it was like four or five of them that would sit in front of me at the bar, and then I was like, Tell your friends. And so now we build it up. Now there's like thirty of them. Yeah. Uh, and so they're you know we we did like a bus trip to the Rams game. It's yeah. So, um, but it, yeah, so we planned it around the bears by, um, okay. and so, and then the, uh, afternoon games always get a little less attendance. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we had the Vikings in the afternoon versus a lot of the morning games. Everything was, it was the lightest Sunday we were going to have all year and we knew it. Yeah. And it ended up being the case. Um, we also couldn't have done it if, you know, we didn't have some really awesome people in place. Uh, we, um, we brought over, uh, guys, uh, Zeke from Newport. He's going to be the GM in Huntington now. Okay. And, you know, that was his first, uh, you know, kind of on his own Sunday, which sure. is super hectic with, you know, can you change this TV? And da, 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 oh, you know? yeah. And so he did great. I mean, they all, I mean, we, um, uh, Emily, who's, uh, she's one of our managers there. She's awesome. Does a lot of our like marketing stuff. And she's just like, she's really into Huntington Beach's community. She did a great job. Just, I mean, that that was how it was that other people did the work that yeah you know, we we didn't do because we weren't there. How long have you been working there again, or like working operating the whole? Um, that well, that one opened up uh, right before uh, July last year, so we're like a year and change now. Okay, and then um, the previous one is like four years old at this point. Yeah, um, Adam was there from the jump. Uh, I didn't come over until about ten months later. Okay, cool. Um, I do want to ask you to bring the microphone a little bit closer to your face. Because we want to hear that beautiful voice. There we go. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, it's 
so all of that stuff that you were telling me last time, I didn't realize, or that we talked about last week on the pod, or last week, on the last podcast that we did. And to the listener, I'm going to link it in the show notes because you got to listen to it for the context, but it's, a you know, I'd, then we'd just be doing the same podcast. It's like, it's pretty incredible how recent a lot of that stuff was, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was within the last five years. It sounds like. Um, No, it was, I mean, it's more like. Eight to ten years. Okay. The last five years have been pretty good. The, like the, you've been a good, good yeah, guy? <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the last time I got in like real, real trouble was over five years ago. So one thing that we didn't talk about on the last podcast that I would be very interested in is your time as an underground cage fighter. Are we allowed to talk about I, this? We're totally allowed to talk about it, but I feel like you're selling it way. That's probably way too much for it. So I shouldn't put pizza in my mouth right now. <laughs> this, this is how bad my pizza problem is. I literally was just about to shove it in my mouth in the middle of my own talking. Um, so I, uh, I was training martial arts and uh, basically uh, teaching martial arts. Um, and I, prior to that, had gotten in a lot of trouble because I fought a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it was going to be this like good, better outlet to be you know teaching and training and whatnot. And then I had, I basically got offered an opportunity to fight at it's like a it's like a warehouse fight essentially and people come bet on it and stuff like that and it was um it was down in long beach which at my at that point i didn't know anything about the beach cities i lived in like orange and brea and you know placentia and like so uh i was like oh long beach you know it seems so far to me it's so funny to think of now but um i i think total i fought eight times in like different things. So to say it was like, like, dude, I don't know, the underground cage fighter thing seems like a less, I feel like there's people that put a lot more time into that than I did that earned that. Okay, so let me get this straight. You got, in, you got invited to fight in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. This is not regulated by any sports commission. People are betting on it. I'm assuming the person that invited you wanted to make some sort of bookie off of type of thing. Um, that's underground cage fighting, bro. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So uh, maybe you weren't technically in a cage. But no. <laughs> the, there was, so obviously the, like you said, it's not like sanctioned, organized anything. Um, but you know, you go to one and then people see you and um, I, this is going to sound probably terrible, but this is just the way it is. Uh, for everyone listening, you probably have something you really enjoy doing. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's, you know, you may, I don't know, you may like basketball or hockey or, you know, needlepoint. I don't know what it is. But I feel the same way about fighting that you do about that thing. And to most people, that's a completely foreign concept. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you must be angry or violent or whatever. And I certainly have had angry and violent moments in my life, never once in that scenario. Like at that point, it's a sport to me, just like, and it's a fun competition. And but I really enjoyed it. Like you're you're in the middle of all these people, and they're yelling, and it's great. And um, and so I I was I was really good at the show part of it. You know, I would scream at my opponents and stuff like that. And so you get that that increases betting, which is what they're really like. That's what it's all about for them. So you know, I went to that first one, and some more people see you, and you get invited to something. But there was one where it was literally like a two by four framework of shitty chain link. And you're like, 
this feels excessive. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening here? Yeah. So um, it's funny though. Uh, when I started training, I I thought um, I really wanted that. I wanted to fight and whatnot. And as I got farther along into it, um, or as I, let's say that opportunity presented myself, I was so scared to look bad that like I was super nervous about people seeing me fight or people I, I knew coming. Or plus, like. There's a limit to the number of the kind of people in your life you invite to a warehouse to watch you fight somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, I, like I could have invited like um, my friend who trained me. I could have invited him, and I was so like he he put so much into me becoming a good fighter and a good person and getting my fucking life turned around and everything. And I was so scared I was gonna let him down that I he 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 never came one time. I never told him until after. So you were scared that you were going to let him down? Just embarrass him by getting my ass whipped, mostly. Oh, okay. Not because, like, okay, so I have a question. The guy that trained you, was this the same, is Sensei correct? I know that you're in a black belt. Yeah, he, I mean, is, yeah. Is it that, Sensei? Sensei, yeah. Okay. Um, were, were you worried about disappointing him because of, like, what you were actually doing, too, or just oh, no, losing? He, this dude has tattoos from his face to his feet he's not he's oh. he, he has zero problem with the cultural or moral aspect of what i was doing i just spent <laughs> okay. i didn't want to embarrass him no <laughs> all right so i in my head i didn't know if this was like some sort of like mr no, like out where, of morality no no yeah he, this dude is six years younger than i am yeah no wow. he's just he's just a phenomenal martial artist yeah that's awesome okay yeah. cool um so this went on for eight fights eight fights probably i would guess that was over the course of like maybe a shade under a year like not quite Eight fights in a year. Yeah. Like lots of guys would fight every other week or yeah. It's not like, yeah. did you have, were you gloves? Like anything? Yeah. Uh, so like a uh, fingerless, like, uh, I think they're five ounce. Okay. But yeah. So like, similar to like, yeah, UFC it's not gloves. bare knuckle. Yeah. It's exactly similar to UFC. Okay. Um, I think, uh, I think UFC is seven and ours were five for that. I'm pulling that from memory, but it was slightly, whatever it is, it was slightly lighter than just cause you know, they're, they're pulling for the knockout. Like there's no point scoring at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that guy did great. <laughs> there's none of this fucking like Canelo triple G bullshit. Oh, God. I can't, I, I want as a person who enjoys like martial arts in general, mixed end standard, uh, I want to like boxing so bad. I loved boxing when I was a kid. And every time I'm like, all right, all right, you got me. I'm going to, I'm going to dip my toe in the water again. And then I'm just like, oh, this is such shit. Like, like I, I, did you watch that fight? No. Oh, okay. So you're just over it. No, completely. I'm just, yeah. Like, I feel like in general, like the next time I hear about a fight where they're like, yeah, it was, you know, they went down to the end. It was a great fight. Both dudes got after it. And then they called it and it was all great. I'll be like, all right, that's what will get me back in. Yeah. But the first Canelo Triple G had so many questions. At least that like, was bullshit. Right. That, that's what everyone has said. And, and I saw that one. So I feel like my knowledge of mixed martial arts is strong enough that I can espouse my opinion on what's happened. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to boxing, I don't know it well enough. I don't know it to like, like I've, I trust the opinions of other more knowledgeable people than sure. myself. Yeah. And until I get a lot of knowledgeable people being like, no, I really think things are getting cleaned up. It's going great. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not wasting my time. With no, this. as long as you have like, as they're separating a lot of things. The, the whole business of it is actually pretty interesting to me. But as long as you have like these cash cows like Canelo there, 
Like they're always going to be in favor. Those are the people that are making, you know, that are making De La Hoya money, who has right. a big say in boxing. You know what I mean? Pacquiao is still fighting, which needs to stop. He just actually signed with Al Hyman, the guy or Heyman for a, he was managing Mayweather for a long time. So it's like, oh, cool. Like you had this whole Mayweather Pacquiao, like good versus evil thing. You literally just signed with the devil, bro. Like yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. It's so crazy. Well, did you see, so again, with my knowledge being more in, uh, you know, mixed martial arts world, mm -hmm. did you see the Khabib Mayweather back and forth? Uh, Khabib, I didn't know that it, that was real. I thought they were just memes on the internet. No, Khabib basically said something and Mayweather, uh, like I think Khabib put it out on Twitter or on Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever. And then Mayweather, uh, somebody from TMZ said something to him. And so there's like a audio of him just being like, yeah, MGM, spell out your checkbook, you know? Now- Floyd's Floyd and could just be running his mouth to run his mouth. But he, I think Khabib gets destroyed. Yeah. Like, Connor, Connor's only hope against Khabib was that Connor was the better striker, and Connor couldn't stay with Mayweather. Nope. So why would Khabib be able to? Yeah. You know? And it's a completely different game. Like, the moves are different. Like, he, he knows that. It doesn't make sense. So Khabib wants to fight Mayweather? Well, and Khabib wants a big-ass paycheck. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. I mean... How many times is uh, I heard Mayweather and Pacquiao are looking to fight again, which is stupid. That was like very decisive. What did you think about the uh, Khabib uh, McGregor fight? Other than McGregor obviously tapped out. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it went exactly as described. Like Khabib is the better wrestler by an astronomical margin, mm -hmm. and that happens. Like you know, you get a striker and a wrestler, and and. But the point where I knew, like, oh, this is over, yeah. was when he got him on the ground, he wasn't even, like, he was working for a position or anything like that. When he pressed down to straighten his legs out, mm -hmm. because, like, that's your, like, classic, like, okay, like, you, if you can't plant your heels or balls of your feet to, like, drive up that fence, right. you can't get up. Yeah. And so as soon as he, like, straightened his legs out and Connor couldn't stop at that part, mm -hmm. like, the rest of it's like, yeah, Khabib's the better wrestler. He's going to shoot in. He's going to get you here and there, you know. You got you got a puncher's chance of like swinging, you know, drop that underhook and just punch him in the face as he's coming in. There's lots of things that could happen there. But the minute he was on the ground and could be able to straighten his legs out, yeah, and just straighten his legs out, straight, it was like, oh, like you, you literally have no say in what's happening here. Yeah, at that point, I was like, oh, this is over. Yeah. Do you have? How do you feel? Like, do you have like a heart for any of these fighters? Like, I know a lot of people are like I, diehard fans. Um, I like I like exciting fights. Yeah, like, I thought that was an exciting fight at least. The, that was, the first round kind of sucked. Actually, I felt. I just felt. It. I just felt a lot like one guy. Just. I mean, you got to give. I want hope. I want to. I want to. <laughs> I, I want a chance to watch this and, and be like. Had no I'm hope. not sure how this is going to pan out. And with it, halfway through that first round, I was like, Oh, I know how this pans out. You yeah. Know? The only thing that I was and I'm. I'm. A, I would go ahead and say I'm a McGregor fan. I'm not big in UFC, but I like the persona, the whole thing. However, I was so disappointed when he like threw the dolly at the bus and like everything like that and I had just watched his documentary on Netflix and even had more respect for who he was but then I like after that he's throwing a dolly at the fucking thing I'm like what are you doing like you're literally throwing everything away when you do something like this and for me it's like if you are going to throw a dolly at somebody's bus at all of their friends and shit when you get in the ring you should probably knock them out otherwise right like, bro because you <laughs> You won that run in your mouth battle and lost the fight real bad. You know? Yeah. The interesting thing too is that when that all started, Connor was in Ireland. I've been out places with my friends. You get dumb. You're yelling at each other. You get each other all hyped up and you do dumb shit. The, but like 
There's no cool down period. There's not one guy on that plane. Like you flew from Ireland and stayed angry enough to throw shit at a bus. Like there's not one guy who's like, Hey fellas, you feel maybe take a step back here. It's real crazy, dude. Yeah. It was embarrassing. And honest in, in like who the fuck am I to say anything about anybody, but it's just like, dude, like you kind of, it seemed like all that bad blood stuff in boxing. I think it's half, it's all fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, may, there might be some bad blood stuff, but definitely all that bullshit between Mayweather and McGregor was fake. Right. Um, but this seemed like it was actually real. I think everyone undersold Khabib's nationalism. Like the point where he started going after, you know, basically his ethnicity by calling him a terrorist and, uh, you know, talking about his dad's involvement in, in like the, you know, the Russian underworld and, like that dude had he that dude did not care like take my money i don't care i'm, I'm like i'm going to keep hurting these people until i i feel like i've hurt them enough like that's that dude's level of dedication you know what it is that guy is the gangster that conor mcgregor has been selling like mm. khabib's the real version yeah and he doesn't talk about it <laughs> yeah like yeah. that's crazy though but you know it's kind of i was going to say it's like i don't who am I to say anything about anybody, but it seemed real. And it's like, for what that was, it's like, he kind of had it coming, bro. Like, right. you know what I mean? And I think it's so much cooler, like for Khabib, just being as unbiased as I possibly can, that it was a tap out. In my opinion, there's something about it. It's like, you get somebody and they tap out. It's like, you really got them in this vulnerable, like mercy spot. Whereas if he snuck in a punch type of right. thing and knocked him out, it's not as like- There's no lucky taps. There's only lucky punches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly that. So when you were fighting, were you more of a wrestler or a striker? I was much better um, if I could get, I, I would almost always press in. Like, um, uh, basically, if you're like, if you think of like traditional stance, mm-hmm. I would uh, try and snap uh, like a kick into their knee just to like, just enough to like check them mm-hmm. and take the weight off. Because if you, if you bring your right leg forward and you're kicking into that, your basically next move is to drop your foot. So you're essentially taking them off their balance and you step, uh, and, and you're stepping forward into them. And from that point, you've got just a half second, slip a punch in there, and then you can just press your advantage on them. But if I could get in close enough that I could get my hands on someone, like that standing clinch striking is probably my best suit because I'm just like, I'm a big dude. So like if I get my hands onto you and can hold on and hit you, that's going to. Now, because of that, because of the way I'm wired, I would always, always, always drill jujitsu because no one expects someone my size to kick. Like having a karate background or a jujitsu background, people just assume someone my size is not going to do those things. And so, um, I can't even imagine how far I am from this now, but the ability to like front ball kick someone in the face, like when you're my size, like no one expects that. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I like, I like close quarters, whether it's standing or on the ground. I like close quarters. I'm not, I don't move around too well, you know, like, like we talked last time about the guy with the long legs and whatnot. So <laughs> Kick your I got teeth in. Get, a, get a little closer, yeah. get a little closer. Another reason why somebody needs to check out that, uh, check out that podcast is the story of you getting your teeth kicked in, smiling about it essentially, and then continuing with hours of training with your teeth under your tongue. <laughs> no no milk on hand apparently dude it's so crazy man um what was your record of when you were fighting i'm sorry that i'm harping on this oh, i was so interested fine. no um yeah. so i lost two of those fights uh one of those fights got stopped because the police showed up oh uh, shit yeah and i won five of those fights what happened when the cops showed up uh they basically come like 
there's a guy at the like looking out, mm-hmm. and he starts yelling, "Cops, cops, cops!" And like everyone tells you that this is what happens, but then you're like, "Oh, I've, I've done this like four times now. This doesn't happen." Your, um, I wasn't fighting at the time. Uh, there's like a waiting area, it's not exactly a locker room, and I'm sitting there, and you get to kind of know the other people that are involved in this. So I'm literally just kind of bullshitting with one of the guys that's going to fight right before me. And he's like, oh, shit. And so we go to leave, and you, like, you leave your stuff and your bags and things like that. And it's like you're prepared to fight. Yeah. So, like, I don't have my wallet in my pocket and stuff like that. And so we literally just ran out the back door. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's and, good. Yeah. No, of, of all the things I got in trouble for, not that. I don't know, honestly, I don't even really know what the repercussions of that would have been. That It's funny because at this point in my life, I'm like, man, you really should have at least known what you were messing with. Yeah. And at that point in my life, it was like, it wasn't even a consideration. Like, oh, I can make some extra money here at this? Yeah. Cool, I'll be there. I'm actually con- wondering what the problem with that would be too because you two are consenting to fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, unless you I think the only problem really would be the gambling. The gambling. Right. Yeah. Well, you figure like there's a there's a uh, California Athletic Commission and Nevada Athletic Commission. Like there's athletic athletic commissions that um, sanction these things, mostly so they can get money out of it. Like you know you yeah. pay you pay for for all your tests and stuff like that. You yeah. know it's so it's I, silly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the same thing with like uh, with the poker games too. It's like you know there's nothing inherently wrong with what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on, but if the house is taking a rake. Mm-hmm. The government wants to know about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Got to have their hands in everything. It's no wonder that like uh, sports betting became legal this year or whatever it was. It's like. Well, it's the same with marijuana too. Same with marijuana. We'll, we'll legalize everything once yeah. we get a cut. Yeah, dude. It's nuts. Um, how much <laughs> How much were you making per fight? Or did it tier? Tears a lot. Um, your first criteria is did you win or lose? And it's twenty five seventy five. So whatever the money for the fighters is going to be. It's twenty five seventy five winner loser. Okay, and then beyond that, it goes to um, how much money was bet. Mm-hmm. There are there's no f- formal bonus, but you definitely get handed extra money if you do it well. Right? Yeah. So was the was the purse determined by how many bets were made, or there was already like, hey, this it's is like a hundred percent based on the bets. Okay. Like, like if we if you're both out there. And it's a shitty, not interesting fight. And nobody's, and nobody's, and nobody's, nobody's betting. betting. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're you're gonna get little to nothing out of that. Shit. Did you ever run into that situation? I can't imagine no. getting like shit kicked out of me. No, by itself. I, I like to fight. I was pretty good at it. Yeah. I never ran into that situation. No, right. like you, um, and you don't see much of it anyway. People, if you're there, if you're in a warehouse to gamble on on fighting, mm-hmm. you want to gamble. Yeah, you'll bet on any. Like they could have walked, you know, two donkeys out there, and you'd be like. Mm, the gray donkey looks a little tougher. I'll take the gray donkey. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. these aren't people who are real discerning about their betting problems. No, you know? it, it's, that's the interesting part to me. I mean, I can get behind a, I can get behind like a, you know, a boxing match or a UFC match. But like watching, I don't know what the difference is with like two people, as far as they know, off the street right. fighting each other. Like that's pretty heavy. We ran into some pretty crazy gamblers at the poker games I used to work at, but like. Actually, for all I know, it's probably the same people over there. Just <laughs> right. Speaking of different, just different thing to bet on today. When you did, when you, how many? You lost once, twice. Lost twice. Lost twice. How did you lose? Uh, one, uh, I got rear naked choked in like the mo. Like, if you fight on a regular basis or train on a regular basis or whatever, and you get rear naked choked, you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, and I literally, oh, and and it wasn't even, it wasn't even good. I, I threw what I thought was like I. 
I smelled blood in the water and I thought I was going to knock this dude out. And I threw this punch and it literally, like he slipped it. I went past him. And as I went past him, he standing goes and just wraps his arm around my neck and just, and he cinches it in there while we're standing. And um, if you're ever standing and someone, and you want someone to fall down, you just put your foot in the back of their knee. And so perfect technique. He literally like popped his hips forward. So my legs were bent a little and then one foot in the back of the knee and just fell to his back. And I literally was sitting there like, this is how you lose. Like you're going to lose. I I was so upset with myself. So (laughs) I look at you sitting here like smiling and laughing about it, which is hilarious to me. So did you tap or did he actually like check you? Oh no, I tapped. Okay. Cause you knew it was going to happen. Oh yeah. So uh, I actually, and listen, Conor McGregor's a professional fighter. There's tons of people who know way more than me, all that. But that dude's jaw was getting squeezed. He wasn't choking. And so for you to tap to that, like you're tapping to pain and discomfort. Yeah. And uh, I'm not like, I'm not wired that way. You like, I've, I've been, and this is in training, which is stupid. Uh, It's funny as much as I know now, I just wouldn't train as hard as I used to, but um, I've definitely like had someone clinch down on my jaw in a way that I was wondering if my jaw was going to break, but I'm not like, I'm not going to die. So I'm not going to tap. Holy shit. You're crazy. Well, you're just, I mean, here's the problem. That's a stupid mentality. You're training. There's no medals. You're not winning any money. There's not even like a, there's not a cupcake at the end. (laughs) Nothing. So you're just like, oh, yep, you got it, you know? Yeah. But you get, you get prideful. So. Yeah. That's interesting too. I remember in the little training that I did do, I remember trying to block that choke with Mm -hmm. my chin. It's like, that's literally the last thing that you want to do because your jaw will just come unhinged. Yeah. I did find that kind of interesting. So one time you you were naked choked, what was the other time? The other time I got knocked out, I was, uh, I can smile and say nice because I feel like you're like, yeah, you're, this was a funny story. Oh no. I, <laughs> so remember how I was saying like, yeah, your, your striker's chance against a uh, grappler. Yeah. And so I, I thought I was, I basically kept fainting this high kick okay. and I would get this, you, what you watch people for their signals and their indicators and the, their reactions. And so I kept fainting this high kick and this dude's hands kept kind of coming up. So I fainted the high kick and I shot in at his legs, um, to like grab both legs and go for it. And he, I honestly don't think in that scenario, you could be getting set up. Like someone can give you a reaction cause they want you to take it. Uh, or sometimes people just react. And I really feel like this guy just reacted. But I shot in and he just like straight low, like the beginning of the undercut. Yeah. I thought my nose had gone up into my brain. Ugh. And he just, right? And it was like, I mean, his fist was basically my teeth, mouth, nose there. So your jaw goes back and you yeah. click in your, you know, and then your nose is jammed up and you're just like, and so that was, uh, that was all that. Wow. Was there like a, Pound afterward, or like he saw that you were down, and that was it. Like I no, it, it, yeah, I, I was. I dro- I've dropped face forward. Oh, okay. yeah. So. <laughs> it was not. There was nothing yeah. after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my my one small like it's funny the stupid things that matter to you. Um, when you get choked, when you get knocked out, whatever. Sometimes your bowels let go. I've never pissed or shit myself during a fight. That, that's my one thing that I'm happy about. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy about that for you. <laughs> yeah. You got to count your small wins. <laughs> my gosh, dude. That's so gnarly. I'm, first of all, I'm excited that like you got to share that with, or we, I got to talk to you about that. Cause when I did listen back to the old podcast, I was like, fuck, that's like what I really wanted to hear about. It's so crazy to me that you're doing that. Do you know, 
It's it's, it's I really crazy meant to what me, I, but not to I you. I really meant what I said earlier, though. Like, like, <laughs> do, do you know what would what I can't imagine? I can't imagine sitting down for hours and, and playing poker. Like, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it doesn't seem interesting to me at all. Yeah. Um, but in the way that you probably enjoy that on some level. Yeah. I really enjoy fighting. Yeah. And the problem is, is that because it's a violent thing, people sometimes I feel like associate it negatively. But I, it's not just like I like hurting people. Like I really enjoy. Um, I, li- I like I like basketball as well, and I have I have a. You're the fucking last person I'd want to get on a basketball court with you after hearing all this. Now <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have decent footwork for a guy my size, and I have this one sequence of footwork that I feel like I've, I feel like I feel like I have a solid drop step, and I feel like once I do it a couple times. I can use that to bait you to f- go for it, and then I can go up and under pretty easily. So in the same way that I really enjoy that mind game and I really enjoy uh, doing the footwork well enough to sell you on the first one and doing the second part f- well enough to I, – that's I feel exactly the same about that basketball sequence as I do about the way, you know, that like – that inside kick to jab to yeah. now I'm pressing and just – I feel the same about it. Yeah. But I also – I've – I think a lot of people aren't appreciative of things they enjoy in other people. And I feel like, I feel like that's, I feel like sometimes I'm, I like that even more. Like for the, you know, listener, I'm not the smallest fellow in the world, not the most agile. When I get crossed over on a basketball court, I almost always think it's amazing. Like <laughs> the fact that you like, you got my 250 pounds going so hard one direction with just a hard dribble and then went back the other direction before I could even react. Like it's, that's the, that's poetry to me. Like, yeah. I think, and I think that maybe I've never really thought about it this way, but I think that maybe almost everything I enjoy, I enjoy in the way of like physical poetry. Interesting. And to me, that's kind of how I feel about fighting too. Yeah. But both sides of it, like, um, like we talked about last time, like when that dude kicked me in the teeth, I thought it was one of the most amazing things because the kick was beautiful. Like, <laughs> the teeth were a, a side me, product. Dude. Yeah. But like. When I'm doing like pad work and holding pads for someone or something like that, any of those things, like when you watch somebody start to like tie together three different movements to where it's this one fluid thing, it's beautiful. Yeah. And so I, I mean, in case you can't tell from me, just espousing on about it, I love fighting. Like I, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. That's pretty interesting. I guess I don't know. The only thing I guess I could relate it to is like my old poker days, maybe. But it's like, and there's, I, you don't like losing money. I don't like losing money. No, but you kind of like you kind of like getting hit in the face. I feel like I do, but like if someone bluffed or if someone didn't bluff or whatever, if they came at you with the nuts or whatever it was they were doing, I could respect the play. Even if you lost, yeah. you're still like, man, that yeah. was well done. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't actually like getting hit in the face. I've never once been popped in the mouth and been like, mm, I like the way blood tastes in my mouth. That's <laughs> that doesn't happen. But when you're like pop and you're like, man, he did that really well. That's more what it's like. So when did this, like, when did the shift come? I mean, you're, I, I hear all this stuff and I, and I know that, or I don't know, like you never felt like you had an anger problem or any of these. Oh no, like, I for sure had an anger problem. You for sure. Okay. So yeah. that's even more interesting to me then. But those two are completely separate. Like I've never once been in an organized sparring, anything like that, where I got angry with people. You know? So the two are completely separate. Yeah. I would be out because I feel like a lot of the. I probably have a bigger drinking problem than I have anger problem. (laughs) Like, I don't get. I I have hardly any anger, really, like none. Uh, But I'll get drunk and get into a fight for no fucking reason. I feel like there's a stigma. Like, if you like fighting that much, then you have some sort of weird anger 
problem. Like, so, right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, like, I'm just generally not an angry person. But you used to have an angry person. Uh, when I was younger, I did. I just, like, I just didn't know how to, I didn't, I guess, I don't really know how to deal with my own emotions or how to express them to people or anything like that. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm Scandinavian. We just bottle that shit up until it's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of guys sometimes. Like, I, I don't know, but I mean, now you're saying that you do kind of know those negative feelings or anger like where did the change come from like when did you start working on this recognizing that it's a problem um or if it was a problem? i continue to work on it <laughs> it's yeah. ongoing work yeah um it's it's actually funny time i literally just went to big bear for two days because i woke up monday morning and i just wasn't a happy human being and that's that doesn't happen very often for me um but uh i know we've talked before about my mom and she had you know she had, mental health issues and uh i fear that a lot that you would have mental health issues. yeah like if i start to get depressed or i i don't even know if i get depressed i get apathetic i'm normally so driven and so passionate and so into whatever you know 19 things i have going on and then every once in a while i just don't care like i just i can't find the care to do anything That's interesting and so i was like well I arranged my life a little bit as, you know, it doesn't take too much arranging in my life, but a little bit. And uh, I just went to Big Bear and took a couple of days of like, you know, mostly just inside my own head thinking about things and, you know, and got myself a nice reset and actually got back a few hours ago. Oh. Yeah. I, so I, I got back in time. We had that meeting and then uh, came over. But I, um, I basically, as far as like the change in, I guess, one, I feel like it's ongoing, so it's hard to say, like, what the what that changes. But I try to be very, very, very self-aware. So I think for a large portion of my life, I was just a rudderless ship. You know, like, oh, I'll go this way, I'll go that way, you know? Like, well, you know, and now um, I spend a lot of time thinking about what I think you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, why do I feel this way? Why, what makes me react this way? Um, or, um, I'll do something. Uh, and I'm like, why did I do that? And I've, I literally try and break it down into like, what in my psychology makes me do that or act that way or feel that way. Why did you feel apathetic this time around? Or what were some of the theories that you had? As to um, I'm like four hours out of it. So he'll forgive me if it, these aren't super well-developed thoughts, but I think the biggest thing for me was I want to do good. I want to make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I went through a series of things where um, I'm very self-critical. And I, I made, not even made mistakes, I didn't foresee, this is, it's so hard to, it's not even hard to explain. It's really simple to explain and it's going to sound somewhat trivial, but I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, it was very windy Sunday night. I woke up in the morning to take my son to school. On Sundays, we stay at the restaurant because I'm there late and whatnot. So uh, we wake up and I take a look. It's super windy. And I realized that when I woke up, I was like, oh, it's windy. I wonder how the patio looks. We have like a big sunshade and we have uh, strong lights and things like things that are very susceptible to wind. And I looked and I was like, oh, good. Everything held. That's awesome. Now, at that point, I knew it was windy. Should have undid the sail. You should have undid the... I should have undone the uh, the, wind, the sunscreen. It's like okay. a big sail. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should have un, undone it, unhooked it. But I didn't. I just thought, oh, it's nice that it worked. And I went. And when I came back, uh, one of it was crazy, actually. The, the One of the ropes for the sail, the rope itself had snapped. 
Um, the sail came down onto some of the string lighting, pulled a metal pole down onto a glass yeah. tabletop. And so I was upset with my, not even really, really consciously upset. In hindsight, I got apathetic about the fact of like, why am I doing so much if things are just going to go wrong anyway? And, and like I said, it sounds trivial and it's very like, in hindsight, it's like, well, yeah, things are going to go wrong. And so you do what you can and you move forward and that's that. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, it kind of like snowballed a little bit in my mind. And so I was like, I just want to, I just couldn't, I couldn't get the motivation to do things. And I just because felt. Because of that instance? I didn't realize it was because of that instance. But in retrospect, over the next few days, sure. I looked back to that was where that feeling started. Like I literally woke up and was feeling fine when I left. And when I had to go, when I was cleaning up the patio, that, that was when those feelings of apathy started to set in. Yeah. And, and there's some other things like going on where I'm like, I'm frustrated by the impact I'm having in our business. I feel like I'm just the way I am. And so things are moving slower than I want. And so that adds to it and things like that. And after a couple of days of, you know, introspection, like it's fine. We're not going anywhere. The restaurant's not going anywhere. It doesn't need to be perfect tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So what does, how, what was, what does doing, you want to do good in the world and have an impact. What's it, how does that tie into like what happened on the patio? I should have foreseen that I could have fixed that problem by uh -huh. unhooking the sale uh -huh. and I didn't. And so that, it would, that left me with a feeling of, why didn't I foresee that? Why didn't I take care of that thing? Yeah. Like I said, it's extremely self-critical. And, and in my mind, like I can, one part of my brain, I can say like, that's unreasonable. You shouldn't like, shouldn't be that hard on yourself. But the other part of my mind is that's how you reacted. Like, you know, yeah. that was how I felt. Did so. you see, did you see the, um, the thing that you got, you were, you wanted to untie and thought like, and had that split second of like, maybe I should untie this and bring it down. Oh, I saw, um, it's, it's like hooked on four corners. Yeah. One of the corners is mounted in a different way uh -huh. and in a way that I kind of like rigged it to mount, not mm -hmm. the way it was designed. And so I was like, I want to check that to make sure that it's and I'm super tight. It was like, I was like, yeah, that worked good for you and your smart idea. Okay. And then I came back later. That's interesting. So that would be, so I would, and you know, there, I have a feeling there's a ton of other things that were going into this for me, it would be like. I see that that's working right now. And the only thing I can think of is like, see this thing moving. It's like, I should take that down right now. But then I neglected to because I was being lazy in that moment. Then I'd be pissed at myself. Right. It seemed like that thought of you being lazy in that moment and leaving wasn't even a thought. And you were just kind of pissed at yourself. I'm, and for what it's worth, I'm not, if I thought of that, I would do it because I'd be so upset with myself. Whether, whether it came down or not, uh -huh. I'd be upset with myself. If I see work and I, and I don't do the work, that's not acceptable to me. Okay. So this apathy that you got, um, I mean, what were some of the other things that led you to be apathetic? I know that there has to be more than that. Or was it That's really just that? It's really just like that. And I, then you just got in this moment of and apathy. And it just downward spiral. And to the point that you had to drive to Big Bear and spend a couple of days there. I, I basically, I was laying on my bed and I was like, I just don't feel like doing anything. I don't want to do anything. Um, and then my mind, brain goes, I should just bar hop. Like I should go to a bar have a drink and go to another bar and have a drink and just take the day as myself and you know, and it's fine. And I was like, that sounds like a shitty solution. That's not going to lead you anywhere good. So I went to Big Bear. Uh, I stopped and saw my mom on the way. That's uh, cool. And, um, oh, to eliminate confusion for listeners who didn't hear the last episode, not my mom who tried to kill herself when I was younger, um, a woman who adopted me later on in my life. Yeah, that's <laughs> So um, I probably could have turned around and gone home then. I was with her for an hour and a half and felt better. She, she's just so happy all the time about everything. Um, her husband was there. Uh, he had taken the day off of work 
this dude is like, um, he's awesome. So I like I walk in and on top of the trash can, there's like these fittings. I'm like, what is this? Oh, that's the front arm controllers off the BMW. They were seized, so I had to cut them off with this disc grinder and then slide on the new ones. They're like press fit, and, and I was just going into it. I'm like, man, I get real stoked when I change my oil. Like, <laughs> I didn't do my spark plugs, change all my tires. Yeah. Like, I got I got the first like ten percent of it. Uh, but yeah, stuff. So I don't know, little things like that. Like him just manually doing that himself made me feel better. You right. Know? Yeah. So. Um, I don't know if I think I tagged you in like a post on Instagram about like Adam and I, um, and to the listener, we haven't talked to Adam yet. And in fact, I was supposed to do a pizza episode with Adam, but fuck it. Like I'll just have more pizza. More pizza. You're, so, <laughs> you're set. But it has to be from, it has to be a different type of pizza. We have what type of pizza you have. So if, if you, I, I was driving here in the Jeep, so yeah. it was going to be colder yeah. and I wasn't sure how long that meeting was going to take. If I had a little more control on time, I'd have brought you stuffed pizza. So you should talk to Adam about that. Well, I'm I would prefer having what he what his favorite pizza is, mm. right? Um, I don't know why, but like when Bree did the donuts thing, like it was like that, those were her donuts. Like that's what she liked, and she had like encyclopedic knowledge of what each donut was. How nuts was that? Like and she was just like bam, bam, well, bam. And the thing is, is like obviously, like it's audio, not video, but it was a clear picture of like. Oh, right there, this one, that, that. And it was like, and the, we're, this isn't like a regular donut place where it's like, oh, that's a maple bar. Right. And this is, yeah. this is a chocolate circle. You know, no, like, oh. Dude, I should have hit up. I actually ended up emailing that episode to the marketing director of Sidecar, um, tagged them on Instagram, like, for no reason. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. It'd be fun if they, like, reposted it or something. Um, I try, I try and always, like, like, if I'm mentioning people's shit or whatever, like, I'll link to their Amazon. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, the more you can do to help other people, like, why not? I respect that. And that's kind of the thing for me too. And uh, I think about that sometimes as like, um, this is a tangent that I'm going to go on that has nothing to do with any interview thing or what I actually wanted to talk about. It's interesting to me because I'll like, I'll link to union ride stuff. If I went to cruisers more, it'd be that, um, Bree stuff, like just these people that I actually believe are doing cool things. Like, uh, I had a, a woman on last week who had like a seminar because she was like helping people like start with self-awareness and empathy and communication. I think that shit's really important. I want other people to know that. However, like the business side of me and understanding how the world works kind of is like, I know that I'm giving up equity in my personal brand by doing that. And that sounds so fucking ridiculous saying out loud. Man. So do you think that? Cause I see it the other way. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Here's what I see. Here's what I see. So you, you think that you're giving up equity in your personal brand, yeah. but you're not because one of the things we're going to talk about today is when I'm going to go to union ride with you. Yes. So, so, and there's, that's twofold. Like, yeah, cool. You're helping them. But me, the consumer, like, like I link to stuff all the time because if I'm going to sit here and tell you like, Oh, I like this kind of mushroom tea, yeah. not this kind of mushroom tea. I might as well give you the easy route to go get it. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I'm helping the, the, you know, in my case, like reader or listener, whatever the tangent I'm on that week versus like, you know, I actually listened to the episode you're talking about where you're, you know, uh, she works on communication and empathy yeah. and things like that. Um, and linking to it and stuff like that, like I don't think you're giving up equity. Like you're you're bringing value to me. You're bringing value to her. Like it's probably yeah. more solidifying my own thing. huh? Yeah. I, uh, for what it's worth, I think I think you're bringing value on both sides, and so that's good. All right, cool. Thank you. I needed that today. Yeah. So the mindful are so I tagged you in a post, probably in, it was before September because I took September off with Adam in it, 
And it was something about a conversation that we had, but I remember tagging the mindful men movement, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, man. This is what I love about both of you guys. Like it, and it's so funny because somebody actually told me, it's like, wow, um, I wouldn't imagine Adam cause you know, backwards hat, trucker hat, the tattoos and like the ear piercings. No tattoos. No tattoos. Super Jew. Ear, <laughs> uh, ear piercings and all, all of that. And he, and he was just, and they're like, I wouldn't imagine him to be as like thoughtful and, Kind as he is. I'm like, well, first of all, that's fucked up that you're judging people like that. Everywhere you turn. But it is something that I, you know, and to be honest, like, I love that about you guys. I love the fact that you're as, like, now you're talking about, like, liking to hit people. But, like, you're, I don't know, you you don't seem like that. You're a really nice person. Yeah. He's also a really nice person. Coming from the right place, no ulterior motives. Like, you actually really like to do things for other people and see other people succeed. Um, some, some might wonder why. I I am almost painfully uncomfortable with people who are unhappy. There are there are people in the world that like uh, I don't know. Their mission is to spread happiness and things like that. Um, I hope I can do as much as I can, but I know it's not my mission because otherwise I'd be more comfortable with it. Like when people are negative or upset or whatever, like. I just want to, like, I'm literally just like, I can't be around this person. Like, you're, Adam can save people. Like, he, he, we literally had a discussion today about this person that we know. And I was just like, God, like, can we just cut this person out of our life? And he was like, well, what are your issues? And we like go into them and I'm like this and I've got this laundry list, you know? And he's just like, I'm pretty sure I could work on those things. Let's just keep an eye on it and see where it goes. And I'm just like, okay. You know, so for me, I was unhappy and I don't know, I was unhappy and insecure and like a million other things. In this situation things. or in life? In, no, no, this is, I'm trying to get back to answering yeah, your sorry. question mostly. Yeah. Um, I realized I went off on like a small Adam That's, tangent, but um, the, uh, so I was unhappy. So my reasoning, my, my reasoning why is that I feel like I owe it. Like I, I get to have this extreme, like, I love my life. I, yeah. I you yes, know, dude. I, I, it's so funny to say that after I was just told you that I went away for two days because I was like, needed a little mental health break, but I do. I love my life. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like I, I owe it to other people to try and share that with them. Yeah. I, I feel if I see people that aren't like truly happy, I feel bad for them, you yeah. know, like, and, and at this point in my life, I'm trying to get better at helping other people be happy. When you went, when you, when the, sh when the shit like broke the table, blew over, whatever. Um, and then you had to ditch out to, to big bear for a couple of days. Do you feel like there was that moment of like, it wasn't actually about like the tying up of the, awning or the sailor, whatever it was, but it's like, I feel as if in your life you give to a lot of people. I don't really know you outside of me and you and halfway Adam, but I don't even think I've seen the both of you in the same room before. I can't really tell. One time, one time we were all in the bar at the same time. You were bartending. And yeah, I was bartending. Yeah, okay. Guys, yeah. Okay. So like, do you ever feel like, dude, I'm just like, I give so much, like, why didn't this table just not break? And that's what no, causes this. Cause that's not, no, cause that's, I just don't see, like, that's just not the way things work. That's cool. There's, yeah. there's a, I mean, there's unfortunate, well, there's fortunately for me, not some kind of giant scale out there that's tipping all of your positive deeds and all of your negative deeds because I'd still be in a giant hole. Mm. So um, 
I think like you just do good stuff and good stuff happens. And, but like, it's weird because I don't think if you do bad stuff, bad stuff happens or let's reverse that. I think if you do bad stuff, bad stuff happens, but I don't think necessarily just cause something bad happened, you did something bad, you know? Yes. I think that it is this like, not necessarily, I fucking hate the law of attraction thing, but it, it, but in a very, it is a very practical thing as well. Like you continue to do things and that energy, like we're sitting in the same room, like that energy kind of picks up and then that person also does good things. It's just a matter of time before the both of you are doing good mm. things and it kind of crosses sometimes. No, you, no, I agree with you. Yeah. My, I, I agree with your end result. Yeah. Um, my route to that personally inside my head mm -hmm. is, uh, I like to be a guilt monger. So if I just work my ass off, uh -huh. I assume the people around me will feel like they have to work their ass off. And if that's hard work or good deeds or whatever it is, like nobody wants to be the guy in the room doing the least. Like that sounds terrible. Yeah. You know? And so, um, that's actually something I'm working on a lot lately because, uh, Adam will probably be so kind as to not share this. However, I will tell you that I am the worst in our threesome for like, God, why isn't this getting done? Why, like, this isn't that hard. And they're just like, da, 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 da. and then not that long ago. So this is an ongoing growth experiment, but I've tried just being less upset by other people's work and work ethic and just trying to be a better example myself. And if you just, you still on that? Yeah. How's it working out? I mean, it's working out fine. I'm doing the best job I can do. So yeah. if I'm working as hard as I can work and things like that, um, because the reality of it is me bitching about other people not doing their job the way I want, not even not doing their job well or anything, just the way I want it done, it's not going to accomplish anything. Like people who work hard, work hard. And people who don't, don't. People that are clever are clever. Like there's no amount of me being bothered by it that's going to improve the work mm -hmm. ethic of employee 72. Like yeah. it's just... That just isn't the case. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, one, I just made a conscious decision that, like, just ain't that serious, you know? Um, I would get so worked up, so worked up. I'd fire off text messages and stuff to Adam and Bud early in the morning, like, the restaurant looks like this, and there's this problem, da, 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 da. And now I'm just like, I'll just mop it myself, you know? And when employees come in and see you mopping in the corner of the restaurant, like, it, it, it's good for them. It's good for you, you know? So how long has this been going on? Like six weeks into this. Any resentment built up yet? Or no, that's assuming so. that it will, but like, I'm, I don't want it to. Oh, in me? Yes. I thought you meant other people's resentment. No. I was like, I can't imagine. No, not right. No, yeah. I don't have any resentment for it. That's All cool. I'm doing is working hard. I like working hard, so that doesn't bother me. I don't think a lot of people can do that without building resentment. The difference, the, so I did, I, I, I went through the resentment part before. Mm -hmm. Why am I busting my ass so hard when these people aren't trying? Or not, not trying. That's an unfair statement. Why am I busting so ass hard when some people are cutting corners? Sure. And then I realized, like, they're probably not cutting corners. They just don't care as much as I do. And why should they, you know? Like, it's not their job to care as much as me. Um, and one of my big pet peeves is how the restaurant looks in the morning after we close. But I started coming in after my own closes. You realize it's a lot easier to see all that, you know, like, oh, the floor didn't get swept very well in the corner here. Well, it's a lot easier to see that at 10 o'clock in the morning than it is at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Whether that's some combination of light and I want to get the fuck out of here. Like both of those add up to, eh, maybe it didn't get, get done quite as well. Yeah. But I work lots of places that aren't as clean as our restaurant, you know, that the people don't care as much for each other and the people coming in. And the reality of it is I get to do a lot of really cool shit with my life because of those people working so hard and those people coming to support us. So 
what am I so worked up about? Yeah. So the resentment part that I had earlier is you know, just. What did you do to get rid of that resentment part? Decided I was going to accept it as just it was. Just decided. Yeah. Just I'm, I'm going to stop letting the fact that it's not perfect upset me. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. So you can continue to strive for perfection. That's okay. But to be upset because you're not there, I mean, that's a frivolous effort. I'll let you know when I get to perfect. <laughs> Dude, that's it. It's so good. It's crazy. What do you read? What do you listen to? Um, so <laughs> there, I feel like I'm telling you some things today that you're just going to be like, this dude is a nutbag. So I have multiple lanes of, let's call it consumption. Sure. Because um, like, I'm currently reading, uh, you know, uh, the Dark Tower series, Stephen King? I know Stephen King. Don't okay. know the series. So right. Dark Obviously, Tower series. I know Stephen King. I yeah. have to live under a rock. I right. Guess. You, people are weird. Yeah. So um, you said. Well, a minute ago you said you know the law of attraction. I have no idea what that is. Oh, so okay. welcome well, to my rock. It was also interesting <laughs> that the the woman um, Rachel that you were talking about. She met. She said like Hitler. Like you know Hitler, right? And I was like, yeah. Like I heard just, that. And I was that like, was crazy. Everyone knows. Don't, <laughs> yeah. It's like you, she's like, no. Some people just don't know. But you know, you know what's crazy is if there's a foreign exchange student from like. I don't know, the Philippines, maybe. Right. They don't know about Hitler the same way we know about Hitler. Right. That's true. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, that was enough Hitlers in three episodes. So let's <laughs> fucking move on. Well, I feel guilty saying well, Hitler out loud. Well, you said Hitler and I made a Jew joke earlier. We're in a lot of trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Adam to sign off that it's okay. Exactly. All right. Um, the, um, small disclaimer, do not support anything Hitler did. <laughs> totally cool with Jews. Like, yes, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, what? All right. Um, so, man, I forgot where we were even at before that. Oh, uh, what do you read? Yeah, so, yeah. so right now I'm reading, uh, I actually just finished The Gunslinger, uh, which is the first book in that series. Um, I have read that book, I've read that series probably 10 times. Mm -hmm. I've read that first book more than 25 times. Uh, I just like the book. It's a, um, I have the books, I have books tattooed on my arm because I love reading. Is the California one new? Um, oh, the yeah, the, the bear, yeah. Oh, it's a size oh, of you pizza. have a pizza tattooed behind your ear. Yeah, it's a size of pizza. You're real. You're you really like pizza. <laughs> so uh, I totally forgot to show you this. I'm glad oh you spotted it there. It's so awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, so I'm reading that because I like some amount of fiction. Uh, that book is one of the books that got me. It's it's this crazy like kind of a western, but set against like King Arthur and like the Knights of the Round Table moral code um, in like some kind of post-apocalyptic other world that parallels ours. Like that's the best description I can give you. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Okay. Um, but uh, that's one of the books tattooed on my arm because uh, that book and then a couple other ones like are formative books for me. Um, but uh, so that uh, I just finished and I'm starting on the second one. It's called The Drawing of the Three in that series. Um, I like to have a fiction book to read before I go to sleep. Um uh, as far as, um, I have a toilet book. What's the toilet book? Uh, the toilet book is Tribe of Mentors right now. That's mine. Yeah. Swear to Buddha. Wait. Yep. Yep. So do you, now, is that your book for the bathroom? It's, I will send you a picture. It's a, like right above my toilet right now. Same. So, wow. okay. Now why that book? Cause I want to see, see <laughs> because what it's short. Like, right. You can, I can, I can get, I can read anywhere. it and then, and you can pick it up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I have that, um, and then I have, uh, as this was before we were recording, but uh, as you know, I'm far behind on my podcasts. Sure. But um, I listen to podcasts and I try and carve out at least an hour a day where I listen to um, a book. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that book is something that improves me. Um, okay. Right now, uh, it's Aubrey Marcus uh, on the day. Okay. Um, uh, have you read this book? No. Super interesting. Um, so you know how there's all these like self help books about like big macro thing. Yeah. On the day, literally chapter by chapter, you walk through the day and you're discussing a time or a topic in one day, and it basically covers what in Aubrey Marcus's ideals a perfect day is. And then you, um, and it's like, listen, no day is going to be like that. No day. But you like, actually, like we were saying earlier, you just strive for perfection and you don't get yeah. upset when you don't get there. Um, and not that it's perfect, but he, um, do you know, you know, on it. Yeah. So he, he, he's uh total goods partner in on it. Okay, cool. So he's like the actual, like pounding out chemicals. And I'm sure at this point he has a team that does that. But initially it was him like, you know, like this is what we're going to do for the mushroom capsule. And this is, you know, yeah. Interesting. So, uh, he's super interesting dude. Um, giant fan of ayahuasca. So like talks a lot about like, uh, -huh. um, I've kind of wanted to do that oddly. Yeah. Do you like mushrooms? I don't like any psychedelic drugs. Oh, like then why do you want to do ayahuasca? I don't know. I've heard like some <laughs> oh. crazy people wanted, I know. Yeah. Uh, like, but the idea that you have to go to this, like, guy in some weird country that's like certified and trained to like give this to you and watch you is like kind of interesting and then i've been hearing all of these like crazy like elon musk type people like that have done this and that was their unlock in life i am a drastically different person since i started trying mushrooms oh okay drastically have, yeah when did no. you okay that's cool is it good or bad Good, good. Okay. And um, and the first time I did it, it was like, oh, this is like recreational drugs, and and um, but like I had a couple of interesting things happen on my little mushroom journey, and I was like, and so it got me thinking more about it in a different light. And so now, like, I won't like, it's not like I don't take it in a recreational like, oh, I'm gonna get like do mushrooms and uh, like I'm like, oh, I need to explore the channels in my brain, and I'm going to do some mushrooms and take some time and do that. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you do it with somebody? Um, I mean, I've done it with somebody and I've like done it by, by yourself. Like I've, I've, I've done mushrooms multiple times. At okay. Point. And, um, I've done it in a small group. I've done it me and one other person. Uh, and I've done it by myself. How do you feel where you're different? Um, I'm much more self-aware of my own thoughts. I'm also much, uh, when I was talking about things where you're like, um, where I was like, it just, that's not that significant. Why is this this important? Like, you shouldn't let that bother you. Like, you start, it, it definitely gives you a different perspective of, um, like, uh, the idea of, like, there's just, like, when you start to see your place in, like, the whole universe, and you're like, even if every single thing went wrong today, how wrong is that? Like, it's just, everything's fine. That's so See, that's kind of the thing that interests me about this ayahuasca thing. And I'm so interested by like the Beatles and their stuff with acid and how this unlocked whatever. Like, I'm not a psychedelic drugs person. Like, I don't even really like weed or anything like that. And do people still call it weed? You're asking the wrong person. That's true. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I asked my little brother. He went to Berkeley, the whole thing. He's not. <laughs> so I was like, that's you, who you asked. Yeah, I was like, are you smoking pot? He's like, nobody calls it smoking pot anymore, Mickey. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like unlocking something there is very interesting to me. And, and that's why I like, I really like hypnosis and like, like whether it's being hypnotized or listening to hypnosis tapes. I have something else I wanted to share with you as well. Hypnosis thing I sent you that. Did you ever listen to that? Mm mm. Okay. But it reminded me right now what you were talking about. Yeah, I like stuff like that a lot. Um, what was that on? Was it Calm? This one was like, 
I don't know, manifesting your goals, something ridiculous like that. But the, what I really liked about it is how he guides you down into like that hypnotic state, I guess you could say. Um, and he does that a lot on his, and I actually had an actual phone call with him, which was interesting to me. Um, and I feel as if it helped a lot. He like unlocked something nuts in me, which was nuts. And I, I apparently have problem with finding more adjectives, <laughs> but he unlocked something. I, at least I think so. He brought it back to something that I thought was kind of interesting. Something that happened with me and my dad when I was younger. Um, and I'll just tell you, like m- my dad and I were growing up. <clears throat> actually, I was growing up. Actually, my dad was still growing up too. Now that I think about it, because he was probably about 29 to 32 at this time. And I know I'm still growing up. <laughs> so he was for sure still growing up. Anyways, uh, he, he smoked a lot and I had a piggy bank like full of coins and I guess he needed money to buy cigarettes. And at one moment I told him that I was going to give it to him. And then my mom was like, you don't want to give him money for cigarettes because that's bad for him. And I like, I changed my mind in it and he, and he was like, And I really didn't want to give it to him. Like I didn't in this whole thing. And he bargained. The reason I remember this is because he he bargained the um, Star Wars special edition tapes uh, for me. He's like, if you give me these, then I will get you those tapes. I said, yes. But then in the last moment, I said no. And he like, because I just changed my mind. He got so pissed at me. Like he was like calling me a snake, like how I'm a rat, like all this stuff. And I think he was serious. And the reason I think he was serious is because I've struggled with nicotine myself. And I know how some of those things are real when you don't have any nicotine. Um, But anyway, so this, his name's Joseph Clow. He comes all the way back and is like, that was the moment where all of this stuff changed. And these are why you do X, Y, Z in your life. This is why you can't be straightforward with somebody, why you feel like you always have to give and da, 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 because you don't want that feeling again. And whether or not he's right or wrong, you know, he got lucky on finding that in me and I was lucky and... I was still like, fuck, like that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And so now like I've been consciously trying to fix that. I don't know where I was going with that. You should try mushrooms. I should try mushrooms? Yeah. All right. You're like, and well, and go, I mean, mean, you should do whatever you want to do. It terrifies me. I've heard, I've heard like, if you're not like in a good mindset, like you're going to have a bad trip. Like I, so I'll tell you this. So I have had a quote unquote bad trip. I would call it one of the most emotionally painful experiences of my life. But lots of things that are worthwhile are hard. Like I've had, I've had great, like mind-opening fields of flowers, awesome experiences. Not actual fields of flowers, but what what equates to that in my mind? Conversely, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So I basically, um, but but and I are the closest. That's the closest person to me that I have. And on my journey, I had I, I sat there and. Not actually. It was strange because he was there. He was like at a different part. On your journey as in on your trip after you took this? Uh, okay. After, well, I'm, well, I'm in the throes of mushrooms. Okay. I am confessing to Bud every single thing I've ever done wrong. But not, and this is, this is part of how mushrooms works because it distorts your reality a little bit. But not in a sense of like right now if I were to start going down a laundry list. Like I've told you a bunch of dumb stuff I've done but in a way that it felt like I had done it to you. Like I was, I was not so much confessing as apologizing for having done these things to you. And I mean like minute details that I didn't remember, I remember, you know? And, and so it was an extremely painful experience. And then when I got up from that experience, like when I'm watching myself get up in my mind's eye, when I get up, two parts of me walk away. 
And it's literally like. You saw this happen. Yeah, like I'm watching my mind's eye. Two parts of me walk away. And one part of it is a very dark version of me. Like the best I can think of is when you, you know, you see a little like, it's always like on kind of a yellowed paper and black. Um, and it's like cartoons, but it's like uh, almost all shadows and it's drawn in that way. Like if you think of uh, the the Batman comic that's, that's uh, the cartoon that's on there where um, what's his butt is, um, what's his name? Star Wars guy, is Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. The Joker. Yes. In, in that like t- style of cartoon where it's like almost on black paper, I guess. Um, that version of me. And, and they moved exactly the same and together. You could tell that they were still in unison, but separate. Like I could see the two parts of this one thing. And it gave me a lot of thought about, I spent a lot of my life trying to correct a lot of the things I've done. And conversely, I know that that person is still in me. I know he's there and he's, you know, and, and the, my biggest takeaway from that was just at that point in my life, I was trying really hard to kill that dark side of me. And the biggest takeaway I got out of it was that like, that's there. It's always going to be there, you know, and that's okay. Stop spending so much time trying to get rid of it and start spending more time focusing on the other side of it. So, um, definitely, I don't know. There's for me, and again, yeah. I'm not a giant mushroom advocate for everyone. And How whatever. long ago was that? Just out of curiosity. That was earlier this year. Oh, shit. Okay. That's so interesting to me. I literally had this thought the other day, and I couldn't articulate it properly. I was going <clears> to <throat> tweet it, not that that fucking matters. But um, where I cu- it was along the lines of, I don't believe that anybody ever really changes, but different parts of them end, end up being amplified in the long run. And it kind of, but what you said was more like I would, I would have preferred if I could articulate it like that. That's funny. I I liked yours better. Mine took a long time. Didn't make a lot of sense. I was like, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's, that's where, um, again, mind you, like instead of reading my toilet book, I was trying to figure out this tweet for like 20 minutes or whatever it was. was, Alexa's like, what the fuck are you doing in there? I'm like, "Ah, leave me alone. Uh, Verbal garbage. (laughs) I know. But literally, I was kind of thinking that. I was like, you know what? Like, because for me, like, I have these things that I'm not proud of. You know, I wish that I had never done them. But I know that it's still there. Like, I have the capability at one point or another to, like, be a degenerate gambler. You know what I mean? And, like, put things at risk like that. Like, people and people's happiness. Like, I've, unfortunately, I've done that in the past. And I'm not proud of it. Um, And in that, but, but over time, I realized that, like, hey, that was not right or that was not wrong or wait, that was not right. You know what I mean? And you were hurting other people. So I decided like, I'm going to do these other things in my life now. Never get away from that. That's still there. But like, it's like, it's almost as if now it's like, you're just trying to work out a different muscle and hopefully that one comes out. You know what I mean? Right. Like they something say something weird. Like you never really lose fat cells. They just get like smaller. It's like a similar thing, but with like karma. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> the, um, uh, so I was going, I don't know, through like, uh, this is within like the last few weeks. I was like, I was upset with myself for like whatever. I wasn't making progress um, or whatever. Was, with work or person? Uh, personally, I guess. I I drank a bunch one night and then woke up in the morning and was like, I basically woke up essentially, as I often had times I've done, was like, 
wonder if I got into a fight last night. I wonder how I got home last night. I wonder, if like, just blacked out. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. And so I basically, I was like, you know, and I start getting down on myself and I'm like, I should, like, why am I doing this again? And, you know, that, that kind of feeling. And I was, um, I don't know, I kind of got to like, you know, you're talking about like the idea of like, uh, you know, that person's always there. And I basically decided, I was like, I need to make some changes, blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't control that person. I, or I can't change that person. I need to find a way to control it. And I was dwelling on being upset with myself. Um, and then I was listening to someone's podcast and they basically tell the story about Edison and, uh, how his factory burned down and he literally like sent his son to go grab, uh, his wife, uh, and her friends because it was going to be the most spectacular thing they'd ever seen. All these different colored flames coming out of Edison's factory. And his son's like, what are you talking about? Everything's burning down. And he was like, well, we can be upset about that or we can be excited that we get to come tomorrow and start things over, you know? And it definitely like gave me, I basically at that moment just stopped like, you should stop kicking yourself and you should start, you know, it's way better to make progress with that white side than it is to dwell on the things that black side might have done, you know? And so I don't know, I've, I've been thinking about that story a lot lately and kind of like the idea of how there's, that, like you said, like you can't really change you know, uh, on some level too, it's like, what exactly are we trying to change? Like you're, you're trying to change what you were, what you did, what, but like, there's so much, right. There's so much potential for where you're going, you know, you know, and I think people are so fast to identify into, you know, who they are or what they say and things like that. I had a feeling you're going to say that it kind of bothers me when people, people say that and they, and they get locked in like, you know, um, we talked about how to win friends and influence people, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, there's one, and it's there's a chapter in there, and I think it's I'm paraphrasing here, but I think the title of the chapter is like "Give a dog a good name." Like basically, if you constantly treat your dog like your dog's a bad dog, your dog's going to be a bad dog. But if you'll just, you know, you know, hey, that's great, you're great, you know, with your dog and your employee and your friend, and most importantly yourself, like focus on the good, and you'll rise up to that good. Yeah. You know, if you, you know you get negative and you're constantly, you know, like I, I was in a cycle there of like, just, God, you're an idiot. Why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And what's funny is, uh, I actually think one of the best things that happened as far as me making change in my life is I've tried lots of times. Like I've woken up and like, Oh God, I got into a fight in a bar or, Oh God, I did this dumb thing. or I was unkind to this person. And it's like, God, I really got to stop drinking and like do better, be better, whatever. But then it's like some kind of punishment, you know, like I did this. So this happened or, and this time, nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. Nothing bad came of it. It was just a choice that I wanted to do better. And it's been a lot easier to stick to because of that. You ever listen to Tony Robbins? Yeah. He has this one part where apparently some woman says that, like, or somebody, not woman or man. There's this part where, like, the woman or man says, I am just not that type of person, is what the guy says. And then Tony's response was, when did you decide who you were? And it's just, it's just like, Right. sits there with them. And then it's like at any point, if you can decide who you are, or who you aren't, like you can decide that, like I can decide today. Isn't that interesting? Like you're always kind of walking on the, I didn't articulate that all the way, but it's like, you're always kind of walking on the fine line of good and evil. Like you can literally choose today to change your entire life and just be like, you know, what? I'm going to go out and be an, a great person or I can go out and just be a piece of shit today if I want. Right. The you know pe- what I mean? 
one of the most interesting things that happens to me is I'll meet people uh, from different segments of my life, you know, and, you know, I have, I have a buddy who, uh, I met him while I was in jail. Uh, we were housed together multiple times. We're, you know, good friends. He has straightened his life out. I have straightened my life out, you know, and now when we see each other, um, I mean, he looks like a walking advertisement for prison. You know, he's got full on neck tattoos and he's, jacked out of his mind and he looks like he just walked off the yard but he's this really nice soft-spoken guy who really wants to do good for other people um and the you know people from let's call it the current period of my life who see me with this person are like oh that's crazy how do you know him and i was like oh well i was in jail and you know and you get into that and you realize that like, like if you think back at the different like segments of your life for most people, God, I can't imagine how boring it must be if this isn't true. But for most people, like there's just these drastic like changes. Like I know uh, at one point you were a nurse. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about that or how that's even possible. Like other than the fact you're an extremely kind human, other than that, I can't figure out how like that came to be or how you got here from there. Like that's, that is one of my favorite, you know, things in the bar is the, you know, I, I love people's background story. Like, how did you get here? Yeah. You know? So. It's nuts. I, I love yours. It, that's so funny that you say that too because um, I was playing cards the other day at at a game <clears throat> that essentially I used to run. Um, there's a bunch of new people now because it's been years, but there's a bunch of new people, but the dealer's the same. Um there's a couple of regs there. <laughs> you ever see rounders? Yeah. It's so awesome. It was really hilarious. Like I came back and I was playing, I hadn't been there in years to play, but I was just like, you know, what? I want to play with my buddy and they're sitting around there and they're like, Mikhail, what's up? Are you back? And I was like, nope, I'm retired. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but anyways, I had, you, my you put a rounders reference uh, in one of your, like, it was, man, I don't know. Someone on social media, you put a yes. rounders reference. I said, yeah. I said, aces up, Mike. Oh, that's right. Or that's no, right. aces full, Mike, is what yeah. I said. And somebody was, and said, somebody said something about like a flush. And I was like, if you understand what that actually is, that's crazy. Cause not a lot of people know that movie. Um, I mean, a lot of people know that movie, but if they not really down, got not down to the details. Yeah. Like I, it's so crazy. I used to play online poker while at the table playing live poker watching rounders on the television. It was just that <laughs> just level like, of like, I thought I was going to be Phil Ivey. Yeah, I need work. all of this. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, I was back at one of those games uh, at that game and I had Alexa come pick me up and I kind of wanted to just come inside and see what like my life used to be like. Right. And she's super quiet. And like I left, we left and she was like, how, how did you even do that? That doesn't look right. And I was like, you're right. And that, like those people, not those people, but that situation is why I wanted to change it. That right. I decided that I did not want to be that person anymore. You know, so I don't know. It's crazy. But that was, so, and I identify, I learned so much about me during that. And I reference poker all the time now because I think it's just poker is a big microcosm of life. Well, it's a, I mean, I'm like have a very surface level understanding of poker, yeah. but it's a very mental game. Yes. And it's funny because like, like you say, it's a microcosm. My, for me, it is too. Like I can't play poker because I'll be sitting there and it doesn't matter what I have. You're going to be really clear about it. Like yeah. I'm just like, and I know I'm terrible at it. Like I'm just like, don't make a face. Bro. 
don't make a face. Whether it's good, bad, otherwise, don't make a face. Yeah. You know, obviously that leads to not being the best poker player. It's so interesting too. This is a crazy tangent, but like uh, one of my buddies is giving it a run and going full time again, um, which I'm really pumped on. He has a good bankroll, playing really well. And I go through this hand with him and I start telling him like what I had and what I did on the turn and then what happened on the river. But before he knew the end result, he's like, you can't do this because he's going to check back on the turn this many hands and you can't do that on the river because you have to assume that he's holding X, Y, and Z. And how he laid it out, he already he told me what the end result was without me telling him because he knew like what I was doing right. and what the other guy was going to do. I'm like, holy shit, you're not even sitting there and you're playing the hand better than me. Right. Like, <laughs> you should stick with this, bro. It <laughs> yeah. might work out. So crazy, dude. Oh, man, those were good days. I've been playing a little bit, which is good. Makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, it's it's because it's it's one of those things where it's like I have I I have my headphones on like I, you know and I'm not I'm not like playing for a living anymore like I'm just right. paying attention which is a different feeling it's a different feeling I'm sitting it, you know it, I'm sitting there and I'm just like and I'm just paying attention to what people are doing doing like the best type of people watching possible and um you know and and just running through hands running through theory listening and it's like it's a loner sport you're not sitting there talking to anybody really and i mean you can if you want i've just never been that type of player um but yeah and it's interesting i love seeing people like their reactions like you really <laughs> you really learn the character of somebody when their chips are up or down you know what i mean like right. and it's just like it's real crazy but anyways enough about that <laughs> well i'll go small sidebar on that the um when you're seeing, when you, I wish I could afford to lose as much as I would lose because one of the things I really love about bartending is like watching people's human psychology. And I think poker table is like the only place better than bar mm. where you're just like, where you, like you said, you really see who people are and how they act and how they react. And I just think it's interesting. What sucks is like you wouldn't have fun. You told, you said earlier, like sitting there for hours playing poker wouldn't be interesting to you. But if we ever, if you ever do decide to play, we should just go play together. And you would have to sit on my left. Yeah, you would definitely want to sit on my left. And just don't play any hands. Just sit there for like two hours. <laughs> just fold. Just fold unless you see aces or kings. That's right. it. And then like, you you know, then you bet big and just bet big again and that's it. Right. Like, you know, that's kind of almost what I do now because I'm just like, I'm not trying to gamble or lose. Like I know right. what's like, going to win. Like you said, there's a giant difference between I'm doing this for a living. Yeah. It's funny. Like I... I have almost the same feeling about like, um, like I had a buddy, uh, he opened up a new school, um, like Rancho Santa Margarita. Mm -hmm. So I went down there to like be supportive and whatnot. And so I go down and, you know, I'm sparring and whatnot. And, uh, it was super fun. Um, but I'm definitely not wired the same Yeah. where like, I mean, I just got like, you know, I, I don't want to say I didn't care as much, but the way I cared the way I reacted to caring just wasn't as intense. Right. What do you do for fun now? Work. <laughs> I love work. You, you yeah. Love work? Yeah. Love work. Get, love we, getting hit in the face. Yeah. Uh, we're we're coming around to snowboarding season. This is like oh, my like this is my time of, time of year where I I will probably take at least one day off a week. Awesome. Where do you snowboard? Um, I'll, that one day off a week will probably be Big Bear, and then about once a month I'll go to Mammoth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. I could do it. I can do a big bear trip for sure. My uncle used to take me to Mammoth like for my birthday every year. And then like um, we'd go for like three or four days and we'd go on like one run down broad, you know, Broadway, the main, mm -hmm. the one that's easy. And and then he'd be like, all right, well, 
I'll see you at four at the lodge. Cool. And it was like seven in the morning because he's a nutcase and he wants to get there like before anything else. So I just spend eight hours by myself. Like, you know what I mean? Riding like, or in the lodge? No, or riding. Oh. Which at the time wasn't fun for me to ride by myself. Like, right. I, yeah. I didn't want to be well, by myself kid. all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing. Now, now when I go with my friends, like we all kind of like, like we kind of ride in a pack, but we also like kind of break apart different groups and different skill levels. I want to ride the trees and you don't. But like when you're a little kid, that's definitely not your game plan. No, dude, it sucked. And so now I don't really, but I like snowboarding. So we'll see. Hopefully I can get out this year, but I have some, I have some things planned. I'll tell you about that. Uh, I'll tell you about that. I'm really excited about, um, but man, I, I haven't done an hour and a half long podcast before. So that's cool. Has it been an hour and a half? It's been an hour and a half, and I could oh. actually go on longer. I, I'm yeah, just, literally. Like I forgot that we were like recording for a minute, and that there's a listener that might be upset. Now. Right. <laughs> I'm just in it for the payoff. Can you all wrap it up? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was there. It was. If you're listening, it was definitely there. Um, look, if anybody has gotten this far and wants to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, well. Based on your sage advice, um, it's at Ron Marklevitz almost everywhere you would find me. Uh, I switched off of I Do Love Me Some Me because you should go with your own name. People want to talk to a person, not a brand. Has it, how has it been working out? Any any notice in anything? Um, do you know, honestly, the only real... No, like, uh, I definitely... It's hard to narrow down why certain things are happening just because I've been... I constantly like, oh, I'm going to try this, experiment that. Like, I'm really enjoying trying to use social media towards the ends I want. Like I want, I want, like I said earlier, like I feel like I owe it to other people to try and help them be happy with their lives. And that's really like my end game out of my social media. And so, uh, you know, uh, I try all these different things that, uh, one, I definitely think it helps. Um, I just, the psychology of it, if it doesn't help anyone else, it helps me to think of it that way. Um, the only real problem with that is when you're standing at the bar and you're like talking to people and you're like, yeah, you should follow me or we'll, you know, we, you're, I do love me some me is a lot easier for them to spell than Ron Marklevitz. Yeah. That is the only downside to using my full name. For sure. But it ain't that complicated. I can spell them for them. Yeah. So there's no Z at the end, right? Nope. It's an S. It's an S at the end. Yes. The rest is phonetic, I feel like. Yeah. That was the mistake I made. Yeah. People, well, and I feel like that's the mistake everyone makes with everyone's name. Like this guy today. I was talking to him on the phone. His name's Ephraim. Guess how it's spelled? E F R A I N. Ephraim. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I was. I, he said, and he did. I felt bad because this happens to me all the time. He literally said, "Let me spell that for you." And before he said F, I had typed E P H. Like yeah. I was, I had decided that was how his name spelled, yeah. despite the fact he was going to spell it for me. So, <laughs> but yes, at Ron Marklevitz Instagram. I love it. I love it. Um, to the listener, we really appreciate your time and your ear. Of course, if you love the episode, we would really dig a five-star review. If you didn't like the episode that much, feel free to stick it to us. Um, but subscribe anyways, because we're going to have a lot of great people back on the show, like Ron or just Ron again. Um, anyways, thanks again, Ron. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.